Hi everyone. Today my guest is a graduate architect from JNFU Hyderabad and a master student of design for performance and interaction at the Bartlett School of Architecture UCL. Her inquisitiveness that stemmed from understanding architecture as more than a subject taught amidst four walls instigated her love for travel. Exploring countries, workshops, and internships during her course of study, she developed an undying passion to design spaces that consist of what more than meets the eye and experience. She believes the subtle blend of architecture and the human emotional connect is what brings a space to life, which she aspires to create through her work in the near future. Along alongside being an interdisciplinary designer in the making, she enjoys climbing mountains and uses photography as an art of storytelling. She held a solo exhibition titled Where Next in 2008 that captured moments of her travel stories into an abstract visual memoir. Without further ado, this is your host Vivek Edra and I'm in conversation with Priya Tegner. So hi Priya, uh, thank you so much for doing this. I'm going to start off with, uh, you know, your travel um, on a very light note, you've been to many countries. So do you know how, have you ever counted how many countries you've been to? Yeah, I think I kept a count until like um, last year, I think it was around 25 or 26 is where I am. And I have like COVID has actually changed my perspective on travel because you're almost literally just stuck in, um, you know, in a country. But the last time I counted, yes, it was around 25 or 26. For those who are watching, Priya is actually my senior in college too. Uh, it was very hard to uh, find Priya because she was never in, you know, around in college. She used to travel a lot. So, and she still is actually. Uh, so between college and travel, how did you manage things? Mm, well, time was not very crucial, to be honest, in a college like JNFAU because uh, we were actually blessed to be in a college like that because most colleges have like these real strict um uh, ideologies and schools of thought where you're actually supposed to do like things in a particular fashion. But I think JNFAU in a way gave us the freedom to do things in that time frame, but do what we wanted in that time frame, which was which was kind of nice in a certain way. It was it was I mean when we were in college, I would be like, yeah, this college isn't teaching me much. You know, it's not giving me as much as I expected it to give me. I see other colleges outside and they're doing so great. And now when I look back at it, I realize the amount of freedom that we had in college to explore. And would you travel alone or did you have company? Well, sometimes I had company, but sometimes I traveled alone as well. But it was... Uh, the reason why I, I asked, the reason why I yeah. asked this, you know, in India, a lot of women are restricted, you know, they're, they're not, you know, really encouraged to travel and especially alone, that's like a big no-no. So for, for you, it wasn't the case and that's really, really good. And, you know, it's, I think a lot of people actually look out, you know, to people like you. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people actually came to me and like even people like now who are not architects or who are just like people who tr want to travel say, yeah, my dad's, you know, restricting me from traveling. My mom, I, I can't, you know, it's not safe. And I agree, it's, it's not safe, definitely. I wouldn't say it's the safest world out there, but I think it's all about how uh, careful you tread, how the connections you make and the confidence you approach things with matters. So uh, the first few steps that I took were really early. That was like probably in my teenage to start traveling alone. And that kind of built my character over the years. And that's what gave even like my parents the confidence that, okay, she can go out, she can live by herself and she can probably figure things out. Was there yeah, any so kind of resistance from your uh, house, from your family? Well, see, uh, I wouldn't say there was a resistance. I was always blessed to have like um, a good parent-child uh, relationship. But that was also um, because I think uh, it, it's mostly the influence of my dad, to be honest, because he is very subtle with what he says, but it means a lot. So he just said, see, you have a certain allowance per year. So would you rather spend that allowance going on a luxury holiday or, you know, spending it on, I, I don't know, something that would just give you momentary happiness? 
And so there was resistance in terms of um, the idea that I couldn't holiday, right? I could not just holiday. Just because I liked traveling did not mean they would send me anywhere and I could just, you know, kind of explore anything I wanted to. Uh, they said, yeah, so you apply to a workshop, get through it, and we'll see if it's like in our um, window of sending you in this year, then you have to make some compromises to really go ahead with it. And I had, these were my own battles. So these were my own choices that I took. So right now you're in London. You're pursuing your yes. master's over there. Uh, it's a very interesting course too. It's uh, what, can you tell us the course that you're doing right now? Yeah, so I'm doing an MARC design for performance and interaction. And it's um, a really strange thing when I tell people right now, because it's a unique course and there's performance, there's interaction, there's architecture. So what's happening in this course? So yeah, to be honest, I've not, I, I mean, yet I'm five, four, five months down and I've still not drawn an architectural line, which is pleasing in a few ways, but also very challenging because you're out of your personal space. You are, you are literally put out of uh, what you generally are told to do, which is scary sometimes, but it's mostly, um, I think, um, to deal with um, technology, there is interaction, there is um, experiences, almost adding these three things up together is this course and definitely like I know people think architects are engineers who can't do math so this has been said time and time again to us but yeah this course actually surprisingly involves a lot of coding and um, so we have been literally doing uh, we have had like one month of uh, coding training as well so i would not say we are engineers who do not know how to do math because we have the brains to figure it out it's just that we have a lot of other things to figure out as well along with the math but yeah i think uh, we've learned a bit of animation a bit of coding for now and then uh, we also have um, uh, different kinds of uh, interactive tools that you start using. So um, there's um, microcontrollers like Arduino Uno. And um, so how you use them to kind of interact with your surroundings is mostly up to you. So they give you the tools to do things. That's how masters are so different. I mean, this is my first master, so I wouldn't know how other masters are but uh, they give you the tools to do what you want to do, but you are the final narrator of the story. And what kind of design you want to create is completely up to you. What kind of experience you want to create is completely up to you. So this uh, specific uh, program that I'm in has uh, three pathways or research pathways. And one pathway deals a lot with machines. It deals a lot with making, it deals with robots and um, the idea of um, how these robust things can become interaction elements as well. And um, I, I think there's there's like a great work coming out of each of these pathways. And there is another pathway that does movement and studying the body in a cognitive manner. So uh, when you think of all this, you're just like, how is it even related to architecture, right? This is yeah. such a broad, uh, you know, a uh, broad uh, element of architecture. And yeah, so in one sense, it's, it's, it's super abstract for an ar architect who has come out of a college, uh, which has done a lot of uh, uh, building codes and bylaws and sticking to a lot of um, structural elements. Uh, and uh, say the design creativity was 60 and then there was like 40% of uh, guidelines that you have to follow as well. So it, it, it kind of puts you into this uh, loop of going into the finer details. And then when you come into a course like this where body movement robots and yeah, the next pathway is actually about sound and senses. And like you have 21 senses inside your body and how do they react to the space? And I think um, it, it's a very interesting course because you have to deal with so much more apart from just a physical element. There is something much more personal to it than just, you know, a physical space or a physical product or a physical um, machine. There is much more interaction involved. So I think this is very visual interaction based in a certain way, uh, the, at least what I'm interested in. 
And what I am doing in this course has a lot to do with um, understanding the human senses and um, spatial sound and how you connect that to a space. It's just mind boggling sometimes when you actually look at yourself who has done like an architecture course and you enter this thinking, yeah, I will do a bit of interaction. And then there's like this total abstraction, which and which has like a set of uh, cognitive scientists. It has um, scenic designers. It has artists. It has, I think, it has even like fine artists, animators, and we're all coming together under one roof to kind of create something, um, something that is multidisciplinary. And I think that's what is also important in a field like architecture. Because as architects, we are not supposed to be just informed about uh, the humans inhabiting it or um, the space surrounding it. But I think we need to be as informed as the current affairs is at the moment or as informed as any other profession that is noble at this point. Because uh, we come with uh, you know, a, a skill set that can change a lot of things that can actually create impact. And we belong to a professional practice that can almost uh, create revolution through art in a certain way, because we have the power to change. And when like so many multidisciplinary communities come together and that's where there's like, I think that's the melting pot of collaboration and that's the melting pot of uh, creating. And the result is completely going to be so different because of the creative field and how subjective it is. And like how um, I think art in general cannot be really quantified in any way yeah. or like um, decided that this is good or this is bad. And that is the best part of it where you are free to express yourself and you will be told, you will be criticized, but it is not going to be right or wrong. And I think that's the beauty of architecture in general or art in general, uh, you, you are not subject to do something that people ask you to do because it's your own creativity and you have the right to put it forward. And uh, this um, course actually gives you the wings to do that because you literally can go berserk. And I think for my first uh, project this um, term, last term actually, we were supposed to make an architectural um, I think we were supposed to make anything architectural in animation, in looping animation. And I finally fulfilled my dream of making like this floating nightclub. And these are like these little um, dreams that you have when you're studying in uh, archite uh, like professional architectural school, uh, schools that, you know, you want to make something funky, but you can only do that in competitions. You can't do that in your submissions. So I was like, I want to be graded for something very wacky because I love partying. I love uh, the idea of floating stuff. So why not make a floating nightclub that goes up and comes down? So it, it was just like, it was just some kiddish, childish uh, dream that I had. And this kind, these kind of courses, creative courses actually give you the freedom to do whatever you want in a certain few ways, especially uh, during the first initial phases when you're learning a skill you can kind of really polish it. And uh, yeah, I think that's what I enjoy most about being in this, in, in this course is that, yeah, we have a lot of theory. We have um, a lot of research papers to read. I have not read so many research papers in my entire life as much as I've read in like these five months. It's, it's amazing amount of exposure. It's, uh, it's great uh, teachers. It's, it's, it's mind blowing the amount of experience that they have is just like, um, it's scary sometimes because it's a lot of information and also we have a lot of design and crits and uh, it, it doesn't give you free time so I think um, it doesn't let you breathe really so I think that is uh, what I do not I dislike so much now is the beauty of this course as well that it does not give you time to do anything else very interested and super excited uh, how this actually translates into you know your profession through architecture yeah but back in the day i used to love going to museums there was this only one other friend of mine who used to love going to museums with me but otherwise people would just be like you museums like we don't want to go to a museum i think it's still the same yeah. nobody likes going to a museum yeah. 
and they're just like why 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 do you want to visit that place like it's just dreaming a bunch of you know i don't know like yeah. it's it's just a bunch of crap and i would be like no but the fact that um the museum from the outside is interesting makes me want to go inside because i'm an architect i after all i want to see these buildings from the inside as well and that's when i actually started seeing museums because uh i wanted to see the most decorated buildings as a first year but then i also realized there's something inside the buildings by second year and i was like yeah it's not only about the outer beauty but also about the inner beauty when you go inside how do you feel inside the space do you feel beautiful do you feel nice is it cramped is it um, is it even overwhelming sometimes or is it just like too much is the ac not working there's a lot of things like when i went to the salarjan museum i was comfortable in a lot of places yeah. i was not comfortable in half of them and that is because of these little transitions because of these little spaces that you can actually sense because uh, you are walking through different environments and that's when i started to think okay so maybe does environment play a real big role in um, you know how a museum is shaped probably can people come to museums more if uh, if it was designed differently or if it was the experience itself was different and that's when i kind of came across this museum in singapore it was called the art science museum in singapore the huge popular one that's on every singapore poster and i never knew it was a museum much like i actually started studying museums mm -hmm. and yeah so i uh, i luckily got a chance to go to it during my thesis uh, case study and yeah and i figured things were different inside that it, things were mostly about playing with stuff it was mostly about interaction it was a lot about audio visuals it was a lot about walking into a space getting out of it and it was a lot more immersive and more connected to a person who was entering it and i thought yeah why not like why can't we even think of museums in india that way and thankfully like now that i now that i'm looking at india it actually has a lot of museums that have come up in the past 5 years since i've like for 5 years since i finished my um thesis research like my literature research it's been like four and a half years i think and there have been a lot of museums that have come up that have that do interactive um um architecture so i had done one case study on a specific mahatma gandhi interactive museum in new delhi i think that was one of the first uh, few that i had come across i don't know of many but uh, yeah and i i found that really fascinating that you could tell mahatma gandhi's story through interactive elements so you touch the palms and it actually has this um, recitings recitals coming like one after the other and i found that uh, really fascinating so they had like touch sensors and you just like move your palm across and then it kind of tells uh the story is about i don't know how he did a certain phase of his life and how he got through a certain phase of his life and then there's the salt uh, satyagraha and all of that that come right like one after it and they were like in these different rooms but created different experiences so um this, i want to ask you this question you've been talking about you know like what you're doing right now is performance and interaction so when was the uh in which building did you sense that the most you know where you can really connect emotionally to it because you've been to a lot of buildings and you've traveled a lot so can you give us some building names and you know well uh, a building that i connected to that's that's kind of hard to kind of put into perspective right. but yeah i think i have a few uh, places that actually changed my mind about um architecture in general i think the first one that really comes to my mind cuz it's my favorite and it's a very like cliche one but it's the maxi museum by zaha hadid mm -hmm. so it is a really weirdly shaped museum and uh, it's beautiful from the outside and the inside and there's literally one space uh, i think the even the staircases are just like wonky and just like going all over the place yeah. and when you look at it there's this huge red rod right in between a white and black space right. it's just a monochrome space with concrete and then there's this red rod running through like the center of the building and the reception right. i think it's 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 an experience to even like be in 
a twisted environment in a certain way it's it's a feeling it's a different yeah. feeling and there was this one spot it was not i thought it was like um, an artist's installation but um, so the slanted cantilever that it has that sticks out of it actually uh, was filled with uh, violet and red and yellow light Mm-hmm. so when you entered it it felt like a meditative space it was just like um it was an aura of light just reflecting back at you and yeah i felt pretty connected to it at the moment to a space being connected to a space is uh possible but positively connected to the space takes some effort yeah. and i uh, i mean for me my moment of realization was inside the maxi where i said yeah this is a feeling and i have never felt a feeling inside a building and it it, it just feels like uh, i want to be in here for longer i want to think about you know myself a little more when i'm i want to actually contemplate when i'm inside this space yeah. and if you can actually give the power to the visitor to decide what he wants to do inside the space i think there's nothing like it Yeah. It's 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 beautiful that you can interact in like such subtle ways. It's yeah. not physical interaction but it is mostly to do with like um uh, spatial interaction which can change how you feel about a few things. Yeah. It's very powerful and silence in many ways is very powerful as well. It's very cliche but uh yeah it, it's it's super powerful and um that's that's one huge building that's an inspiration for me. And uh let me you, you, you have a particular you you constantly refer to a particular architect who has been able to constantly provoke those or evoke those feelings well i have um a stage designer that i am really obsessed with that actually uh, is an installation artist as well uh not completely an architect but yeah she uh, her name is uh, s devlin and uh, she is known she is celebrated for most of the celebrity stages right now so she does a lot of kanye west a lot of beyonce and she's also she also did the nfl for um, the weekend um, show the weekend show i think for the nfl two weeks ago but um, she also does installations and i think um, one of her installations in london in specific i think it's called the mirror maze and uh, she does a lot of them all around the world but uh, so she also deals with stuff spatial and um, Mm, she uh, actually uh, compared um, a space like an internal space to the feeling of opening an old cupboard that is 20 years old so the you know the feeling of the mothballs yeah. yeah. you know how an old cupboard feels you actually know how um, you know your grandma's cupboard feels or somebody else's cupboard feels so if you can actually bring back that memory inside a space i and through like uh, so she uses a lot of reflection in it she uses a lot of uh, um i think circular spaces inside it where it's like a maze and you get through it so it's a lot of self contemplation and um, such spaces especially you know curated spaces that actually allow you to think um more than just um about for walls but more about yourself like even though you're inside four walls you're experiencing more than just those four walls and i think that's what is the beauty of uh, bringing architecture into this like how can you build a space how can you build an installation how can you build uh, an environment rather let's not put it as installation or space but an environment that can actually um, let you immerse inside it and think and i think that is the strongest power we have we have the power to manipulate we i think that's the harshest way we can i can put it but we have the power to change people how people think and possibly not how we want them to think but think differently for sure like they would definitely not uh, think the way you want them to think or feel the way you want them to feel yeah. but they will feel for themselves Yeah. and that is the strongest part of any design according to me i want to ask you this uh you've traveled a lot but you're also doing your masters um a lot of people have this um um you know they they're not able to decide if they should go for a master or not uh they rather think they should spend that money for travel 
So a person who has to choose between travel or doing a master's, what would you say to that? Who has done both? Or who is doing both right now? Well, yeah, so London's an expensive place, so I'm not getting to travel as much, mm -hmm. but uh, also because of COVID. But yeah, yeah I think uh, it, it mostly depends on what you want to do, right? So do you want to uh, gain a lot of professional experience or do you want to study? I think it's, it's, a, it's two different things because a lot of people are not in the mindset of uh, doing their master's. Yeah. And especially in India, for girls, it, uh, a master's is mostly an escape. That's it. It's, it's nothing more than an escape. So, uh, I mean, at least if I encourage one girl out of this to get out to do a master's for a purpose and not for, um, you know, just an escape, I think it's going to make a huge difference to me. Because I've heard a lot of people come to me and say, yeah, I'm just doing this master's because I can run away from marriage. But yeah, so that being another topic that we can discuss about for really long. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think travel, you can always spend your money on travel, really. Mm -hmm. I think uh, when you're uh, studying, obviously like a master's is not as easy as a bachelor's where you can actually go around. But um, you don't have, even the breaks are literally gone in, they just fly by. I don't know when my breaks go away. Yeah. I had a month break in December and I don't know where it disappeared because I had so much work and like uh, the Instagram stories look pretty for sure in even in travel and everywhere but there's a lot more to that face that you actually just show and yeah I think you can travel during masters as well it's, it's, it's not a big deal it's more about what you personally choose right do you want to really understand more schools of thought because I think after doing one bachelor's in architecture you were just like I am just into so many fields at the moment I just have to work to find my niche I think it's really your personal choice like what you want to do do you want to study or do you want to listen to more schools of thought because after five years of going through different kinds of professors with different mood swings uh, you, you really don't know if you want to get uh, put yourself through it or get um, more educated about more different like ideologies or do you want to really work in the industry to you know uh, gain a certain specific um, professional competence and then kind of explore because um, so that's why people say yeah we could take holidays instead of doing a master's at the moment because uh, we gain a lot of professional expertise but like for me, I think I have a personal interest in um, the idea of research, the idea of learning more. The, I think I could keep learning for the rest of my life. It is a very bad thing because like even now I am just like, yeah, if this, uh, you know, if this isn't satisfactory enough, maybe I should do something else. But then there needs to be a stop. And your full stop is where you put it really. It doesn't matter when you, if you put it after your bachelor's, if you put it after your um, master's, it's a personal choice. It's a personal choice of how much you want to expose yourself to academia. Because I think um, architecture in itself has so, and so much of like uh, knowledge even in the working sector that I think we actually start learning only once we graduate. And I, um, I see we do a lot of academ like academic um, rigorous exercises, but I think the most effective learning is only done during your internship. And I wouldn't lie about it because um, I had like uh, the most um, fun, but like also different kind of internship compared to a lot of others. Where but, did you do your internship? So I did my internship in um, a laboratory for visionary architecture in um, Berlin and yeah it was a step away from home and yeah it, it was a, a very different experience and this was like a huge change when I went to like um, Berlin they said yeah so we are doing a book we're doing this so you you just have to make the book and yeah you're doing InDesign this was my day one job and I'm just like Cool, but I don't know how to work with InDesign, although I know like an, another few softwares, but I don't know how to do InDesign. So the phase was like, I think the first month was, um, I don't know, it was a steep learning curve. It was not easy and it was not easy to adjust with people but who spoke in German. Was it stressful, you know, when you're suddenly put on, you know, so much of new things to know and learn and all of that? 
definitely i wouldn't lie it, yeah. it was it was hell in the first month it looked beautiful but it was hell because um it's not easy to fit in coming from india it's it's not at all easy to fit in because you're so used to getting things your way in india it, it's yeah. so easy to talk yourself through things and um yeah so there's no excuses there's nothing i think there is no excuses in professional life in general yeah but um yeah suddenly like out of nowhere there was no way to kind of cut my things through there was nobody to even help me out i mean there were but like they are just there for the moment and then you're by yourself it's like literally a parent leaving your hand and you're entering like kindergarten that's how it feels when you're in internship like it, it it's just like you're pushed and that's it and then you don't have any support and especially being in another country it was i, I it was not easy i think it looked um great by the end of it but um the learning curve especially the fact that everything was in german did not make it any easy for me because i possibly had no clue because it was an english speaking firm there were like i think out of the 10 people seven were like uh, australian and american but it didn't make it any easier for me because um it was my first day and i was given like uh, the project to work on was a book in german and i think i was just like what is happening i don't understand anything i don't understand indesign i don't understand um yeah a lot of things i, I was just like it, yeah. it was on top of my head but the struggle i faced was the same as the struggle you guys face as interns at the moment of working extra hours or learning something completely new having the toughest coworkers or having interns who get things done easily and then you're just like sitting there for hours trying to figure stuff out it can be anything really i i don't know what your personal problems are but uh, the stress is the same i mean i would not take away anything from an international um uh, internship or an indian internship and also the fact that the europeans are so proactive like uh, we used to have these monday morning meetings where everybody would discuss what they did over the weekend this was like a ritual in office and it, it was just like why do we have this ritual of talking about what we did over the weekend and like i still remember so one person went like wood chopping because it was like the onset of winter one person went hiking one person went like um uh, to italy to visit their boyfriend and i'm just like yeah i just went to the mall picked up some groceries <laughs> and watched tv so yeah one of the questions that i wanted to ask is now that you are studying in london in a, in a really reputed university well known across the world how is it different you know how is the a grade college in india different from an a grade uh, school in the world uh, well the deadlines are online <laughs> so <laughs> yeah that's the first yeah uh, that's a major change for me and actually having deadlines was uh, kind of a new thing for me as well because um we always uh, stick to procrastinate things you know over here and we can do it the next week we can, we always get ma'am please one extra day and we manage that one extra day so uh, we always so basically i think even in college we know that we have to submit on this day but we also know there will be five other people who will ask for an extension for sure yeah. Yeah. and we will get one extra day so we are like in this um, i always wanted to finish on time but there would always be this person inside me who would say yeah there's one more day so why not use that day and waste more time to so that's how like all of us work i don't think any of us work without procrastination i i am a huge procrastinator i wouldn't finish i still don't finish work um on the day i'm given but i wait until the end to do it and that's when like i start working but yeah i think that's my way of working and i would procrastinate a lot back in college and um, also we were given a lot of feedback in college like we uh, were told what to do because we were in our bachelors and um, apparently i don't know how true it is but bachelors outside is pretty different from what it is in india because you are not told what to do you are only given a school of thought and you're not given suggestions you are told that this is wrong and this is right there's a critical appreciation of what you do and that's what happens to us here as well if they are not telling you what project to build 
they will tell you in a certain way but they it, it's almost like having a guiding light in india you have somebody you can trust i don't know whether it comes because you know we are in the same community or that you kind of believe in the teacher a little more but uh, in india you have that comfort zone of thinking that okay this uh, you you have like a connection with the person and uh, you believe that they will tell you what is right they will tell you how to mold it they'll tell you how to correct it or like um, they know what is right right uh, but here uh but they also challenge you in india because they tell you only a bit and they leave it and then they're like yeah you do it yourself but uh here it's it, it's just um i think especially in um colleges that are competitive the juries are pretty harsh i think they they they're just they're just blatantly harsh and uh, so you're either good or the worst so even if you're um, even in between you want to be considered and that's only because they want to make you stronger it's not because they want to shatter you or anything like that but um, yeah i think that builds character in uh, universities outside india and like I, i i don't know what good honestly i don't know what good criticism and bad criticism is anymore because it is so subjective like uh, you start getting harsh criticism and then you start to realize that yeah this is my project I want to do it the way I want to do it. I don't want to do it the way somebody else is telling me to do it. So it, it's it's kind of like developing a personal identity and also listening to your tutor at the same time. But like in India, but still, like I always had a shoulder saying, okay, you know, this is how you do it. This is how you might do it. You come up with an idea. They are just like, yeah, this is how you might build it. And even my crits went really well. Like even my juries went really well in JNFU because. they like i mean i had this facade of a concept right so this is like this was like one of my major secrets in jnfu i was not good with my lines as good as i was with my concepts so i would always have stick slap this uh, concept page right on top of my uh, uh, sheets and i would waste like 15 minutes of my jury just talking about the concept because i was so passionate about the story behind my architecture than my lines So yeah my lines were there they were in place but I think I was more interested in the story I think that's what was the difference and like in at least in our college I did not see a lot of people bringing in concepts I didn't see a lot of people bringing in um, the story behind it until like the end of it even like towards the end there were uh, a very few projects which had meaning to what they were doing and like not just designing for it but designing for a purpose and uh, yeah while like in here it, it all starts with a concept and if you don't have a concept you're not starting with anything like get your concept right and begin with it um once not once you are done with your masters do you see yourself to continue working in london or do you see yourself coming back to india <laughs> yeah this was a question i was literally asked 3 days ago by uh-huh. my tutor Mm-hmm. and he he also asked if i want to do architecture in specific because we yeah. have to give like a a profiling of us and yeah i think it's it's a different feeling for me because like um you know architecture is always first love right because you have you studied 5 years and not 3 years but 5 years of it and you always are deeply connected spatially because you know in india we're so grounded to learn all the technicalities that it's stuck in your head it's it's not going to get out of your of your head ever because it's it's always really like cemented inside your body that you know these uh, certain rules are the way you build things and that's how your mind functions as well you can't change it because you've been taught that way and uh, yeah when i do this kind of course i start to wonder whether i'll ever get back to something so formal but i think um yeah i am somewhere between i think i am like hanging between architecture and design at the moment because i still want to do creative uh, architectural work i want to do spaces but i also want to create experiences inside the spaces so it, it's it's multidisciplinary in a certain way and i think that's the beauty of our courses that 
you can be anything you choose to be being an architect you can be a photographer being an architect you can be uh, you can design landscapes you can i don't know redesign forest reserves you can do a lot more than just buildings and um, that's what i love about it like it's it's as widespread as a doctor is or as a lawyer is like you have so many options to deal with and um, it's up to you to choose what you want to do and for me i think i would uh, wherever in the world it is i would like to gain experience on um, designing for emotions as i said museums or like uh, installations art in a certain way but um, i am not completely learned about art yet so i would really like to stay on and explore more of um, the art culture and how things work here because it works kind of differently in india like in terms of art i um, it's a little neglected not completely but slightly not in the first um, um category or it's not in the uh, elite list of designing at the moment because it is uh, we have a lot of other needs in india at the moment yeah and unless they're sorted this won't come up yeah. so it would it would be a naive approach to really kind of uh, shoot at this if i was coming back to you know design for these spaces because the first question would be the country has other plaguing issues maybe you should sort them first and then deal with this yeah. but i i see a lot of potential in india in terms of interactivity because once you show an indian how technology works especially like a naive indian who does not have any connection with creativity if you can show him what design is and if you can almost push him to understand it even in the slightest way uh, there's going to be a massive change there's going to be people it, it's going to be as good as cell phones it's going to be as good as um, design education is going to get there but it's just going to take a while because technology and um, the way you kind of um, look at things has to change and it is changing i am really glad it's changing it, it's it's there and i would definitely like to be a part of it and see it grow like in the near future yeah that's nice wonderful so you know bef- before we wrap this up i want to ask this last question um you know the course that you're doing is very different uh, i think it's one of a kind if i'm if i'm not wrong um and then there are courses like this which are very unique to that particular university and then it's it's very different from um even within architecture it's very different from the mainstream architecture that we think of doing as our masters so how hard is it you know when you come out of masters you know when you're looking out for opportunities uh to stick to what you've studied in your master and you want to pursue what you've studied in your master how hard is it to find opportunities and how or how do you translate that into what you will do post your masters or your education yeah so i think i believe before you start doing your masters you should already have like a research thesis in mind that's one of the most important things because if you don't have a planned goal and you come in like you've come in for your bachelors um uh, because bachelors is a time to explore right it has a lot of um, time you have like 5 years or 3 years to actually go through it but these intense courses that are just like 1 2 years you need really need to know what you want to do in life and that's why they make you write a statement of purpose right they want you to they want to see the bigger picture of you of what you want to do and if you fit in and in your statements of purpose you must almost kind of Uh, literally tell them that see this is where i want to be in the next 10 years i mean not directly but like through your design what do you want to do do you want to speak to people and like help people in developing countries do you want to um i don't know kind of design skyscrapers do you want to just make facades do you just i, I don't know it can be literally anything but you need to have a purpose for why you are joining this course and the purpose cannot fluctuate because if your purpose fluctuates it kind of kills the idea of joining a specific like a unique course like this because it is so easy to get like distracted because you have so many things so many tools you've been taught and you're not sure which one to master because you don't have the time to 15 months is not enough to just master one tool forget mastering three different kinds of researches together so when 
we are uh, we are asked to choose our pathways like we are asked to choose what we are most interested in and i am most interested in like um, oral and visual perception and senses i think that is what i like as i talked throughout this i've been blabbering about this about like the emotion that you feel inside a space that's what i like and i like to work with the senses and i got to know there's like 21 different senses right but uh, i did not know all this when i wrote my statement of purpose i knew i wanted to create a feeling inside a space i wanted to create an experience inside a space but as you go through your masters you kind of build on your statement you build on your research and while studying philosophy while studying like a uh, neuropsychology you understand so much more than you did when you wrote that and when when all of us write our research statements before we start masters we are also like talking like our first year times of sustainability and hedonistic sustainability we are still using those broad terms because we still do not know what we're getting into but once you get yourself into that purpose you know how to streamline yourself out of it you know like what you want to build they will ask you they will question you about what is your idea behind this what do you want to do after you get out and this is a question you need to answer for yourself before they ask you you have to know where the opportunity is you have to know what kind of opportunity there is like for me i have dreams of my own i have dreams of doing different things but you might have something completely different from me and still work in the same course like you might want to do i don't know robotics in the future and like work with um machines and like how they in influence architecture while i might want to do dance and like it's so different right so in this unique course you need to kind of stick to your what your vice is what your research is what your um, goal in the future is it's really easy to get distracted by the technology you see beside you and that is the problem that happens when you join without a purpose and that's what people don't want that people don't want you to come saying i just wanted to figure my life out uh it's great to figure your life out people who struggle to find work outside india or like places where you are actually ambitioning to study or grow you always need to have a purpose a plan b plan c plan d and a plan e about what you want to do and only if you have like backups of what you want to achieve can you thrive outside a country otherwise um like we can easily be pushed out it's it's not a rat race because there's opportunity there's so much opportunity in architecture but it is also about finding the job you like because as creatives we have the tendency of giving up if we don't like what we're doing or we don't enjoy what we're doing we will start finding something else to do because we are not passionate about it and like once you uh, get out if you don't have a purpose while like building your masters and you get out you don't know where to search you don't know what industry to search in because you have such a broad spectrum especially in like uh, a course which is multidisciplinary so you are like completely uh, you are skilled in like five different things but what interests you the most that's what matters and that's where you have to start looking at while you like because you have industry professionals coming in right so there's always interaction with the industry when you're studying your masters and um, it's it's very essential that you talk to them you interact with them and uh, even if you don't interact with them you shy out from that you at least learn from their skills you learn from what they've done like over the years to get to where they are and you have to start somewhere you have to start at a chaperoning uh, job you will not start at i don't know like the most amazing senior designer somewhere you might you might not i can't tell but you have to go with the idea that there is like another 5 years of hustle that you have to take out from your life that is building towards your dream job and you have to forget the idea that you will get your dream job right after graduating and i think if you bust that myth and if you kind of understand that even if you graduate from the best of universities you might have to work harder to get to where you want to be it's 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 not going to be easy for people from the best universities or from the worst universities it's going to be the same struggle but it's a different level of struggle that's all it's it's a different it's a struggle of a different kind because of i think what i feel especially in a college like this and searching for opportunities after is that everybody is good right so that is a problem that was never my problem in 
undergrad because everybody is not good you know some people who are good you know some people who are not good you can establish yourself as one of like the best and you know you might be getting like one of the best jobs or the best uh, opportunities but when you come to a college like this where everybody is good you have no choice but to start undermining yourself about you know how good or bad you are and that is where it's very important to know where to look for because everybody is not looking at the same thing everybody's bigger picture is not the same as yours everybody's purpose is not your purpose and if you identify that and try to kind of connect with the right industry professionals you might land a job i i, I wouldn't say i will land a job or everybody else will but at least the passion to do it might get you somewhere even coming back to india you might like also have a drive to do more because of all of this passion you developed over the years of sticking to one thing and actually going for it people need to know you for a specific thing like a lot of people kind of label me as the museum girl and i'm not afraid to like shy away from it because i thought i blabber so much about it and like i talk about it with so many people it's not just like you or somebody i am so obsessed about it that you have to have that one thing you need to be obsessed about and it doesn't have to be a profession but it has to mark your identity and even when they read your resume opens they're going to remember you with that one single kind of uh, tag that you created for yourself that what you're interested in and what you want to do in the future it doesn't mean you have to do it but you always have to create a mark of what you think you'd be best at and then i don't think it would be that hard to try for what you're looking for because the options are really narrowed down they're really like really really narrow down to your interest your field your strength your core competency and then yeah and your dream that you built over like this one year yeah i think it's wonderful wonderfully said and and on that note i'd like to conclude this episode thank you once again priya for joining us um and for the audience who've been uh, tuned in thank you so much it's really appreciated and uh, have a good day